2: The Around the NFL Podcast.
3: Inglewood's hottest act. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it is the Around the NFL Podcast. Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal. Mark feeling a little under the weather today. So it's up to you, Greg,
4: to carry that entire side of the table. Can, (laughs) Can I ask, can I put the show on your back? In the biggest of all spots. I mean, you know, I'm not afraid of honking. I'm just gonna eat up that airtime. You're not getting any extra. Do you
3: know what? There was a wrestler in the '80s. I know you weren't that plugged into WWF in the old days. Honky Tonk Man.
4: I had a year or two. You, you're, you're wrong, actually. There, there was a year or two where I like rented all the old SummerSlam and uh, Royal Rumble like videos and banged through them. So I, I know my stuff. Remember, so uh, remember renting videos. Yeah, I, of course,
3: of course. <laughs> um, Coliseum Videos, I think it was. Uh, the Honky Tonk Man. That's. I'm, I'm going to start building out your nickname repertoire, and that is uh, that's you. When you start talking too much, start honky tonk. It's mm, like, hey, buddy, Honky okay. Tonk Man's in the building. I thought I was. He was giving, an Elvis impersonator. I was going to say
4: I'm not really giving off like a southern musician. Probably a racist, considering like the time and place of Honky Tonk Man. I don't know if I'm giving off that vibe. <laughs> I'll take that.
3: Uh this is week 3 in the NFL. A little later tonight, Greg and Danny Kelly of The Ringer will recap the beginning of week 3, which is Texans Colts. And now we're going to dig into the rest of the games. Now, the Colts as we tape this are one of seven teams that enter week 3 winless. Mm. And we call this on the show, it's like the caged animal, the cornered animal, the wounded animal. This is the week. And I don't think it changes, Greg, even though we have 17 games. I guess it does change in a little bit because it's just math. There's more, more, there's more opportunities now to get back into a race. But I would think that statistically, if we're still doing a season this long in 20 years, the data is going to be similar. You start knowing three. You're banged in a big spot.
4: No, you're done. So, the, the, Jets, it, this Jags, is one of your best, um, you know, routines every year, or at least theories, is the cornered a- animal routine. You're done at zero three. I don't want to hear it.
3: J- and it's some teams, and now getting our mentions, and say, no, this team and that team, that that is the exception that proves the rule. Jets, Jaguars, Giants, Detroit, Minnesota, Atlanta, all need mm. a win this weekend to really keep their season on track. If you want to make the playoffs, and Greg, I, not for nothing. We do
4: a little game here ourselves called the lock game. You've started Owen 2. Well, that's true. That's not the same as the it's cornered animal though. because we're like the AFC South. I mean, I'm only one game behind. I'm not expecting <laughs> right, any of these teams to go undefeated or anything. Um, so true. that list you just made though, if like you had made a list of who's going to be Owen 2 before the season, almost none of those are a surprise except Minnesota who, you know, not for nothing, lost in overtime and on a missed kick. So they could be 2-0. Oh. Right, they could easily be 2-0. Oh. The rest of those teams, especially when you think about the Colts' schedule, the Colts, of course, playing Sunday. We got the, uh, the Panthers-Texans on Thursday night. Uh, the Colts, if you looked at that schedule going into the season, it is not a shock that they you know, couldn't beat the Seahawks and the Rams. All right, so
3: we're going to go through all the games, and because now it's just two of us, Greg. I don't know, man. Now it's two of us. Ricky's here, too. Ricky.
5: You're What's up, not, guys?
4: You're still here, right? I'm
5: still here. Good, good, good. good, good. Still here. You How got are this. you, by the way? I'm doing well. How are
4: you guys? I don't like these huge monitors. Um, yeah, it's blocking my eyesight. Well, I'm also like, I'm too dressed up. I want to wear a t-shirt. Your for, mouth like, a just made the weirdest noise. <laughs> like really? it was
5: like a like an armpit fart out of your mouth. I'm gonna play it a hundred times. <laughs> the honky tonk
4: man. <laughs> With but, armpit but now I can just mouth. look at, maybe I got to move my seat up. But Dan just looks like he's like towering over me in this in this situation. Well, I mean, i real a larger life. man than yeah. you. Yeah. I know, but I'm not usually like looking at it. I feel small, you know, huge on the inside. Oh. That's good. That's the most <laughs> important thing. Um,
3: all right. So, Ricky, we're going to do instead of um, going around a draft uh, one, two, three with uh, Mark, we'll work things out for Sunday. Um, Greg and I are just going to go back and forth. But let's start. Let's mix things up. And start uh, this preview show with the primetime games. Uh, And we will start with both are great. Well, one's amazing. One's real good. Especially if you're a guy who likes the NFC East. And I do. Because you know who else I liked? I liked Poppy. My grandfather sitting on the chair, the big brown chair in the den. We called it the den in my grandmother's house, Grampy's place, with his root beer, watching the G Men. Not talking to anybody. It's like not one of those things where it's like, I learned so much about football from my grandfather. I would sit at his knee and he would, he would show me Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor and tell me that's the way football should be played. No, Poppy didn't have much to say. But we did watch the games in silence together when I got <laughs> home from St. Margaret's. When well, we had church on Sunday, Keith would be playing softball usually. Me, my mom, my sister, Shay, and Kevin. We would then go to Gramby's and there's Poppy on the couch. Were you in silence?
4: Yeah, I mean, it was like 11, 10, 9.
3: If, if Poppy doesn't
4: really want to talk, what am I going to say? You I know? mean, that was a different experience than me. If you think I'm honking, <laughs> try to get a word in edgewise <laughs> at the Rosenthal Hall, especially watching sports. Uh, but I like you're, you're comfortable in the silence. That's one thing I've noticed now. We're here in the Chris Westling podcast studio, and I, I have wondered, like, what would Chris think about all this? Because it, it all is very fancy. Um, but you know, back in the day, like you wouldn't have just been comfortable, kind of like luxuriating in these pauses. That's like a power broadcasting move. And, you're and there, are you're there, there a lot of pauses? You're there now. Maybe I'm just, just now,
3: maybe just two of us. So I'm just trying to kill seconds <laughs> at this point. Um, anyway, NFC's football. Always fun. Let's start there. Monday night football Eagles at Cowboys. Um, and man, the Eagles, let's start with the Eagles here. Feels like the Cowboys, um, got away with one on Sunday on some level, but that's a big win on the road. And we'll get to the, um, where we stand on Dallas, but the Eagles, you know, Jalen Rager stepping out of bounds on that touchdown catch. You have, um, the Quez Watkins 91 yard reception setting up first and goal. And then you go for, you know, four and out with the not so Philly special in a game that ended 1914. That's a bad beat. That's a tough beat against the Niners. Um, but do, how do you feel about the Eagles going into this game? Did you take positives out of that performance?
4: I did. I just look at the two weeks as a whole, that if you told me before the season, they'd be one and one with a blowout against the Falcons and a close loss to the 49ers. I'd be like, okay, I feel a little Checks better. Out. After seeing them play, for the most part, they're who I thought they were, which is really strong up front on both sides. I think they're going to have to figure out... like how to actually use Jalen Hurts' legs, because even though he ran a lot last week, it wasn't really schemed up. And when they needed to come up with a play to get a first down and short yardage, they couldn't really do it. Um, But I love this matchup if I'm the Eagles when I have the ball against this Philly, this Dallas D-line. I know they played hard last week. Michael Parsons is, is a star and can play defensive end and rush the passer, but they might be without Dorrance Armstrong, who's been... You know, their best defensive end, I guess. I don't even know because they don't have Lawrence. Gregory comes back and I don't know. That seems like a little bit of a mismatch. And I think like the the Eagles could grind them up a little bit.
3: It was also a, a game of attrition for the Eagles. Uh, they suffer a huge setback. It's a team that really their strength is in the trenches. You lose Brandon Graham now for the season with an Achilles injury. So that that's going to hurt. And then on the other side of the ball, Brandon Brooks, their right guard, he goes down with a pec strain that move, he's going to the IR. They don't think it's season ending, but he's going to be gone at least three weeks. So that concerns me as well, because if, you, if, that, if their strength is in the trenches and you're, you're weakening on both sides, you start to balance out a team that isn't hyper talented to start with. You take away from their strength and what's left. Uh, of course, Landon Dickerson, my boy, the second round rookie pit, uh, second round rookie is now getting more playing time. He didn't play very well his first uh, go-around here in Week 2, but now he has a week to prepare.
4: I I think at least their positions they're deep at. I mean, they drafted a guy high in the second round. Hopefully, you can fill in. And Graham at defensive end, that's a huge loss. He's kind of their locker room leader going back 10 years now. I mean, he's played next to Fletcher Cox, Cox 10 years. Cox is getting emotional after that game. So you do worry about that, but they are deep there. They just signed Josh Sweat to a big contract. They. Um, of course, like Derek Barnett, who's in his, the final year of his deal. Like I'm not worried. Javon Hargrave is playing like one of the best defensive linemen in the league. I'm more worried about, you know, can they stop Cooper who's a little banged up and CD lamb and this Dallas offense, who seems like they can kind of do whatever they want. And they look good on the offensive line so far. That's been a big takeaway for me is Tyron Smith looks like the old Tyron Smith, uh, the right tackle steal who filled in last week for Collins played pretty well. And that's a concern because the Eagles defense, which we don't know much about, they're supposed to be built on like preventing big plays and, and they've done it so far through two weeks. They've given up one play over 20 yards, which is crazy. Uh, and now doing it against Dallas, that's another, that's another, uh, what is it? Can of fish. That's another type of fish. I don't know. Uh, no, can of worms. Can of worms. Can of fish. I mean, there's a the kettle uh, of fish. I picked them to win, though. The I Eagles gonna... are going to be the team that kill me in my, you know, when you're keeping track of the picks on NFL.com because I keep picking them to win upsets. But oh,
3: look, you we'll got see. them winning out right I here. Gotta win them out, I right? got the I got the Cowboys in this game. And one thing to watch here, Tony Pollard coming off a 100 yard game. What is the uh, workload? How do they share that with Zeke? Is it, is it going to turn into uh, something where they're, there's a committee involved here.
4: It is. It was last week. And people need to calm down on killing Zeke. Like, they got to make Tollard the number one guy. It's like, Zeke's no, playing fine. No, fine. Splitting it up is a good thing to do.
3: But if you're splitting it up, it's not a good thing for the Cowboys because that means Zeke isn't special anymore. That's, it's,
4: it's, a, it's an admission that he's not. They, were, they had a special running game last week. And, okay, Zeke was, like, less spectacular. But that's what you want in 2021 is two really good running backs. They just keep coming at you. I mean, I felt like they could have run all well, day last week. I do not think they'll be able to do this week. We'll see Look what the Cowboys do.
3: I mean, excuse me, look what the Browns do. They, yeah. have, they have Nick Chubb, a guy that they could give the ball 28 times to, and he's probably going to have 160 yards every game. But they choose not to because they want they a closer at the end of the game, and then they want a battering ram that's healthy in January, and Kareem Hunt allows them to do that. All right, Sunday Night Football. Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers. Now we're talking. I love the poppy games, but this is next level. What do you think about this game?
4: I mean, I like to start with the whole LaFleur-Shanahan thing. Doesn't this feel like a big moment for uh, the boy in the beard? Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, Kyle Kyle Shanahan is, just like Mike Shanahan, is turning into one of the most influential coaches of his era – because everyone worked for him at some point. They were all just trailing around, wanting to be like Kyle. And then old Kyle, as Mike Silver reminded us today on Twitter, you should check out this you know, thread he had. Old Kyle called up the Packers and tried to get Aaron Rodgers out from under him they're supposed to be friends. This Ooh. creates some problems. At some it. point, the news comes out. And I wonder if that's a little where the tension uh, lies is like, who's leaking this? Mm. Who's putting this out there? I this is it. on draft day. And Silver has all this stuff between them. And then you think back to LeFleur's first year. NFC Championship. Here I go against my mentor. And I got blown out i got the doors blown off because of if, if the the packers can't beat the 49ers now with a lot of injuries and this and that like that says a little something about where they're at
3: yep and we talked about it on tuesday's show the the packers obviously turned it on uh against the lions but i can't say that i feel completely at ease if i'm a green bay fan that things are under control now uh but now you have a big test and with with the san francisco 49ers i have to ask you this Do you think when Kyle Shanahan and I'm watching that game, I'm watching the Eagles game and I know he led a couple long touchdown drives and, you know, they won the game. So I'm not saying it's a panic situation, but do you think there's a similar vibe with Kyle Shanahan now uh, when he's on the sideline and they they cut to him when the offense is on the field? The same type of vibe that Sean McVay had last year when he's watching Jared Goff. And, and you know, and it's, it's borne out because of what happened in the offseason that followed when he kicked uh, Goff out the door as quickly as he could. He's watching it like, he's like, this offense could be so much more special if I could just have someone. If only there was someone. But there is someone, but he didn't even play Trey Lance uh, last Sunday.
4: I'm going to go deep conspiracy theory here and think like, if there ever was a game to save Trey Lance for, uh, to really break him out, This is it. Because... You, like you think that. about this Packers defense and they've got a little bit of new scheme disease, which is like when you get the new coach and you got the new scheme and it's, tr- they're trying to be a little too complicated. And then they immediately say, well, we're going to simplify. Like that's always a bad sign. They're trying to communicate who's going to test your communication more than Trey Lance. This is the week to play him. So yes, I think he is thinking all of those things. I think that's why he drafted Trey Lance. Lance maybe isn't quite as ready uh, to be the starter as he would have loved uh, coming into the season. But I think, Matchup wise this is a much easier one than Philly, who I, I think could be one of the better defenses in the league. And, yeah, play me some Trey Lance this week. We want to see it on Sunday night. We want to hear, like, Chris Chris get breaking up, down all the stuff, and Al going crazy. Like, this is it. <sighs> well, that this is the, the analysis <laughs> people come to see. That is why they tune into ATN every week. I, I mean it, though. Like, this feels like the big moment where it's like, we're unveiling Trey Lance. Do right.
3: it. Make the offense more explosive. I mean... That that if if this guy's ready to go, then we'll see it, and we're going to gonna get to the Chicago Bears in a little bit, because their first round quarterback is about to get in action, whether he's ready or not. Um. All right. There's the
4: primetime games, and I. Uh, By the way, no El- Elton Jenkins potentially in this game. Their left tackle who would be Ooh, trying to big. go against Nick Bosa. We don't know Jenkins' status, but it doesn't sound great. And that that's a big loss. Well,
3: because then you're down to your third string left tackle right. by week three.
4: The 49ers aren't quite as scary as they were when Ayuk is in detention. And they've got like four different running backs injured. But it does sound like Mitchell will probably play this week. Maybe Trey Sermon, too. So I like the 49ers here. Hmm.
3: Yeah, that's a tough one. I'll go Packers, but I do not feel strongly. All right, let's get now. To the draft element of things here, Greg, I will cede to you the first overall pick.
4: I think it was my turn. All right, there you go. Because I was thinking about this on my run this morning. It really was oh, tough. Oh, because you bombed a lot out of strategy. in the, uh, the
3: pop culture trivia back in week yeah. one. You came in
4: third place, so, <laughs> so I guess it's your turn. There's true. a lot of strategy because it's tough. There's a 1 buggles. o'clock game, but you, sometimes you just got to take the, the best game on the board. You got to take Bucks rams Okay. I don't know what the NFL is doing. They always front load these best matchups possible early in the season. We got Chiefs Rams week two, Bucks Rams week three. We got Troy and uh, Joe. I think I know why, by the way. I have a theory
3: because it it doesn't make any sense to you would think to put these games all front loaded when they'd be better and the teams would be better and the stakes would be potentially higher late in the season. But I think it's just like like the power rankings. I write QB index is probably the same way. Um, fantasy leagues, everyone's so much more involved because everyone still believes in their team. So you to get the biggest number, you're going to get
4: everyone sure. still in on football. Well, and nothing They're bad They're looking for the happen. biggest number you know, possible. There's less chance of something bad happening, like the Rams being poor or Tom Brady getting hurt. Right. But that doesn't happen because Tom Brady is a cyborg. I just don't have a, a feel for, like, either of these teams yet, but especially the Rams. Stafford's dropped back to pass 59 times. That's less than, I think, every single starting quarterback in the league. Hmm. The defense, like, they, we, we think that the Rams' defense is great. Probably will be. I mean, it has great players. They've played the Colts. They've played the Bears. They've only forced three punts. There's like my little stat. That's There's been, like, one. a lot of long drives against them. I just want to see these two teams. Like, their, their pass protection's been really good. And if you protect Stafford he's probably going to be great, but there's been some surprises. I think out of both teams, Tristan worse is struggling for the bucks. There's no Antonio Brown for this game. The the bucks defense hasn't looked as good. It's so early. I just, I feel like I need to learn more about these teams and what better way than to have the Rams, especially tested like this at home.
3: I see what you're saying about the bucks that the defense hasn't put it together yet. Uh, And yet and this isn't breaking any new ground because everyone is amazed by it every week. I just, Tom Brady is playing at such a level right now.
4: Is Tom Brady the best quarter? Where's he in your QB index? I right put now? him one this week.
3: I think he's number one. I think he's the
5: best well, quarterback in the league right now.
4: It's either him or Mahomes. And for these two weeks, it's been Brady. And then I thought, well, for the last, Seven weeks last year was Brady, too. So you got yeah, to you give, give me too.
3: who do you take for the next five years? I take Mahomes, but that's not even a slam dunk at this point. Uh, but who do I take right now? Brady is just playing so out of his mind. So I just it's hard to pick against the guy that's the best quarterback right now. Um, and he covers up a lot of things. And I think even if Antonio Brown's not playing, you have so many players there to make it to, to pick up the slack. Oh, yeah. Oh, but let's just call up Scotty Miller, who has been awesome. In the he past. was great last Johnson, year who's yes. made some big plays. They're, they're fine. Scotty Miller was kind of a guy in the rise until Antonio Brown took his role last year, but uh I think they'll be fine. The Rams. Yeah. I, I kind of struggle with them trying to, uh, I have them in the top five in the power rankings because you see it on both sides of the ball, but establishing a running game is important. And you know, I think, I think they'll be okay though. I you know who I really like is um Cooper Cup. I oh think Cooper God. Cup. I mean, you might have a chance. I think I think the number Stafford is gonna put up if he plays seventeen games, he could be an all pro this year. I think Cup could be an all pro. I think those two guys, you could tell they're locked in and just putting together those one hundred yard weeks and just stacking them up. I think that's uh that can absolutely happen and they could do it against the Bucks too. He's he, a different He maker. could
4: he could lead the league in receiving you're right Cup seems like he's at another level i don't know who i would compare him to don't do it don't say jordy nelson no uh but he's so good after the catch right now he's always been good after the catch but i feel like he's like getting even better uh and you're right he's gonna get the ball so much like i said they've only thrown they've only dropped back to pass 59 times in two weeks they're like one of the lowest teams in the league because they haven't had to they've been so efficient and and the buck's Secondary is a little banged up. Murphy Bunton's been out. Davis isn't healthy. Like, I think there's just gonna be a lot of points. I wanna see Stafford though in a position where he has to keep up with Brady in a shootout. To me, that'll be sort of the first real Stafford in LA like moment. I don't think we've had it yet. First in LA moment. This is
3: crazy. This is Tom Brady's first ever game in Los Angeles. Hmm. I mean it makes sense, but
4: also whoa. His career started. When you and I were in college. And people need to calm down about, like, oh, is Jalen Ramsey going to travel with Mike Evans? Like, he's only been in the slot. They are using Ramsey a lot differently this year, but they'll do whatever they feel like. He can do anything. They did that in the first two weeks because that's what made sense for them in those weeks. If if locking down Evans makes sense this week, that's what they'll do. And do
3: it with the Bucks, and, as I was saying, with Brady leading the charge, uh, so far this season they're averaging 30, 39.5 points per game. He's throwing... Uh, for almost 330 yards a game, he's got nine touchdowns in two weeks, and a pass rating of. I could not
4: decide who to pick for this game. The Rams started as a slight favorite, and then you know the it moved to the Bucks being a slight favorite because because more people are on the Bucks. I took the Bucks for the most insanely small, um, mm. pathetic reason possible. What is it? Well, because I don't want the Bucks to lose before playing the Patriots. So I just want that's what I want to root for. And OK, I see that. Well, so no, we want to build that up. But... I mean, Tom Brady's dad's already honking about how uh, he feels vindicated. Man. And uh, Alex Guerrero's out there honking about how uh, Belichick can't keep up with the time. It's already starting and we're like a week and a half away.
3: Yeah. Uh, Alex Guerrero said that Bill Belichick. And you know what? There might be something to this, Greggy. And I know change, you like you to, to bury this deep down inside you, but the fact that he's still uh, arguably the best quarterback in the league, it's he could still be on the Patriots. He never adjusted, Guerrero said, and that means Tom Brady's telling Alex Guerrero this. He never treated me like a man. He always treated me like a twenty-year-old kid, even when I was thirty-eight with six Super Bowls, and because Belichick wanted to. Have some type of code in that locker room. It led to an estrangement. That's all. That's all there. It's all it's out there. It's save all, Let's save
4: it for next it's week. It's all trickling out. Yeah, we had Tom Senior was on the Tom Curran podcast, and he was like, "You know, do you feel vindicated?" He was like, "Damn right!" Like they are loving this. They're going to be. Senior. They're going to be spiking the football.
6: Uh, oh, you, I, you I, I see it. you, Tom Senior. I love it. Tom
4: Senior, but when I see those sources that are uh, oh, dogging Tommy. on Belichick, I, I know where those sources close to Brady are. We just want. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Brady. So that's what I want. I want the Bucs to go into Foxborough undefeated and fly in high and just to set up the best possible Patriots. Box. But more importantly, we want Tom Brady to get out of this game healthy. Well, that, of course.
3: Which is usually, he's only been really, he's, missed he's had games a solid once. 12 yeah. straight years. So. Okay, before we move on, you're not going to believe this. The Wesling Brothers also wounded animal game. They need a win. They're 0 2. And there's a lock on the line with Rams. Wow. Yep. And Bucks. Let's hear from Nick Wessling.
7: Hey, guys. After an 0-2 start, <laughs> some of the Wessling brothers wanted to take an easy game this week just to get a win under our belt. But that's not exactly the way we operate, is it? <laughs> so we decided to go after the biggest game Swag. of the week. We're Trip. talking about the Bucks and the Rams. Matty Stafford finally looking like the quarterback we always knew he was. Oh. We're going against Tom Brady with an offense loaded with talent and a defense that can be stifling. But you're going up against the greatest defensive tackle we've ever seen too. Aaron Donald and that defense have been smothering so far this year Chris always told me never bet against Tom Brady but I'm going to have to go against him on this one and we're locking up the Rams
4: wow while I
7: have you here I just wanted to thank you guys all for helping Chris so much during his two fights with cancer and what you're still doing for Keisha and Link love you and hope you guys are well. How about that? And by the way, he sounds just like Chris.
4: Oh, he is Chris. Oh. I mean, anyone that knows Nick, oh. when the two of them were next to each other, I mean, they looked the same. They talked the same. <laughs> they hon- <laughs> They talk about honking. You, oh, you, Nick will yeah. be going nuts at night. I love. I love the, that man. The best thing, I think, if you can give me, like,
3: I don't care what it would be, like if Tyson Holyfield or um, (laughs) Ali Frazier or Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. No, don't give me front row tickets to any of that. Give it to when Nick and Chris were playing cornhole together and the shit talk was through the roof. All right, I'll draft next right after this.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
3: Okay, you took the late game which is the best game of the week, non prime time, but also a mistake, tactical mistake by you. I'm going to let you know why.
4: Of course you're watching that game either way. I'm not like that though. I just focus in on you're my You're not games. watching Bucks Rams. That's uh, why I Sunday, wanted to take late it. Game. That's what I mean. Either way. I only focus on my games cuz I have a hard time even doing that. All right. Surrounded by too much. All right. Well, I guess I'm just more advanced on. Some I want to be able to like check that box and not go back to have to watch it still. And all so right. I want I want all eyes on that Bucks Rams. I want the full experience.
3: Well, I'm going to go to the early slate and go Chargers at Chiefs. Fine. Oh, and, and it's the Nance and Romo game. That's a good job by me. And it's also a nice little measuring stick game for the Chargers and a nice little how we doing game for the Chiefs who <laughs> outlasted the Browns, obviously, in week one and then get picked off. Um, by the Ravens in week two on Sunday night football in an instant class classic. And I'm not going to look at that game and be like, Oh, well the chiefs are actually in trouble now. Um, Actually, I drove people crazy. The power rankings this week. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just life is hard right now. People are just so much angrier than I feel like they've ever been with power. <laughs> rankings. It's my third year doing it now. And you've uh, only
5: been doing it for three years.
3: We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But like, uh, they're so mad that I kept the Chiefs at two. Just a, a level of anger because I still think the Chiefs are fine. I think they're the best team in the AFC. They're behind the Bucks, and the bottom line is if Clyde edwards Lara doesn't put that ball on the ground, it's that's a whole different conversation. It, it only comes down to his Butker kick the field goal or does Mahomes go into the end zone at the end of that game. Uh, so since the running back blew the game. That stinks, but it doesn't change how I feel about the chiefs, that they're going to be able to score on anyone that when the game's on the line, nine times out of 10, unless something weird happens, see Sunday night, they're going to always prevail. And in their building, I'm picking the chiefs to win this game, but it is going to be fun, Greg, because you got Justin Herbert in this game, Justin Herbert, who his head coach, as I said, Tuesday after a game in in which Herbert threw the two interceptions, As if to say, hey, dummies, it's not just about the stat sheet. Brandon Saley said Justin Herbert was the best player on the field uh, in that game against the Cowboys. Mm. All pros all over the place in that matchup. So you have Justin Herbert against Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. Seventy five thousand people. Put it in my
4: veins. (laughs) I love we get this matchup twice a year now. My, maybe my two favorite to watch. I don't know. Okay. Lamar. I got to throw Lamar in there. Uh, the two quarterbacks I would trust most on third and very long. I felt like Herbert was escaping third and 11, third and 13, third and 15 all last week. Mahomes is the greatest I've ever seen at that. Also the two quarterbacks, even now that I would trust the most with a big deficit to make a comeback. So if the Chargers are down in this game, I just don't feel like they'll be out of it. And we know the chiefs are never out of it. The chiefs defense on the other hand, you can, like, get near the panic button with it. I know they've played the pretty good offenses here the first two Very weeks. Very good offenses. Great offenses. Yeah. But that was kind of a wounded Ravens team. I mean, you are giving up... At some point, these are NFL teams you're playing. You're giving up six yards per carry this season. You're giving up more than 10 yards per passing attempt. You you are statistically the worst defense in the league. That That is partly about the opponent, but it doesn't get that much easier this week. I, I am a little concerned about what's going on, on on that side of the ball, because it's not just the contracts where Kelsey and Mahomes and Hill are taking up a lot of spots like the Rams do that. But I don't feel like the chiefs have a lot of hits otherwise right now. And in, in some of their linebacker group and some of their secondary and some of their defensive line, I think it's a pretty bad looking defense and that they've gotten into the habit of winning these close games. They were not a dominant team last year. They kept winning shootouts. All last year, they were like, what, eight and nine and one in in one score games uh, last year. And like, that's what I expect here. This line started at eight. It creeped to six and a half. And I like the Chargers Mm. to at least keep it close. I would never pick against the Chiefs in Kansas City, but I just feel like it's going to have a crazy ending, just like the last two Chargers games.
3: To your point, uh, and it's just through two weeks, and this is going to happen when your first two games are 33-29 and 36-35. But the Chiefs defense is last in yards per play, last in uh, big plays, which I believe the NFL or next-gen dictates is plus 20s. Tied for 28th in red zone defense. Uh, they can't get off the field on third down. They they don't have a real, um, uh, they have 21st in sacks, last in rushing. So they're getting run on Lamar Jackson doing his thing, obviously uh, shades that as well. But so they need to get better in, in that realm. Uh, and I think, uh, how about a little Derwin James covering Travis Kelsey? How about that as a sub? I mean, matchup?
4: I, I said I was on the James for defensive player of the year bandwagon. He looks up and awesome. Uh, I love the Mike Williams bandwagon right now. They are treating right. him as a true X receiver. The true like Michael Thomas in the Saints offense or Marcus Colston in the Saints offense type of receiver. He has more targets in these last two weeks, like in a two game stretch than any point in his career. And he's handling it. That's, that's why I think the Chargers have answers and it'll just go back and forth. It was a good choice. You got Romo, you know,
3: Oh, going to get fireworks. These are the two. Sometimes I want
4: to save a game for game pass if I feel like I'll be distracted. But that's not really what I did here.
3: There these two quarterbacks are the best at attacking downfield uh, in the league. So there's going to be a lot of points. uh, And, you know, the Chargers obviously uh, coming off a very disappointing home loss to the Cowboys. So they don't want to get in a hole. Imagine if
4: the Chiefs are trailing late in this game. It's going to feel like a big game. Them not wanting to go to one and two in a pretty good division.
3: Um, All right. There we go. So I got that. Uh, Oh, speaking of which, uh, speaking of the power rankings, Pat McAfee show. Uh, it came up. They do a thing where they kind of go through the ESPN power rankings and uh, they were kind of trying to figure out it was it was McAfee and he has his two buddies that do the show to do, do the show with him. I guess they're like producer
4: type guys. One of them is A.J. Hawk at some. But, I don't know but if he was this in wasn't that Hawk. No,
3: okay. This wasn't Hawk. And they were kind of picking apart the ESPN power rankings. And then they uh, kind of moved over to what's going on over at the NFL. Let's hear Let's hear that.
7: Also, it's interesting. It's I deal. mean, you get you take this for what it's worth. I don't know how you do a power rankings unless You don't even ask Dan Hanzoos or Matt Money Smith. <laughs> I see. agree.
8: These are two different networks, obviously. I don't think they can. They should, though. I don't think they can put their power rankings together, but you're right. Hanzoos. Mm-hmm. Hanzoos and Matt
7: Money Smith are the power anchors. <laughs> yeah. Hans- Zeus. Yeah, Dan well, right. Hanzoos. Like the God.
3: By the way, this <laughs> has been an issue for me uh, since I started here because Shaq uh, called me Hanzoos and now half the building. And Half the world thinks it's Han Zeus. Um, that's why they went back and forth trying to figure it out. Let's hear the rest of this.
7: Well, I like Han Zeus because he's been doing this shit for 25 years.
8: Well, these 81 people that are anonymously voting on this thing, I don't think any of them are on the same page. I don't think we know any of them, but maybe one of them has been doing as long as Han Zeus is. Not a chance. Not a chance. Han Zeus is the authority when it comes <laughs> to rankings. Right. Yeah. yeah. He and maybe started that's why they don't judge Hans
4: Zeus. Because there's nothing to say. That's You're a good right. point. It good is important. just correct. Set in stone.
3: Oh, that's thank amazing. you, Pat McPhee and his buddies. And if you guys need a fourth, if you're going to <laughs> Vegas, like if you're going to Top Golf, maybe you can do some gambling at the casino, uh, just give me a call because it sounds like you guys are fun. Um, 25 years. It's been three. And then I think about that. It's, like, it's my third year doing the power rankings. And then he's like, oh, they watch the TV show because he's talking about money. Um, Is like, do I look like a guy that's been doing power rankings for 25 <laughs> years on television?
4: That's a problem.
3: Anyway, thanks for the shout out, boys. Uh, you're up.
4: That was great. Well, now <laughs> I you've um you've left it open. I w- I I've strategized. I wrestled with it, but not choosing Saints Patriots feels like too much of a I'm trying okay. to be too cool for school uh, move because I don't I sort of don't it's an love interesting game watching the Patriots live anymore. But th- these are my team. I mean, if Jameis. If you had told me five years ago, Jameis Winston will be on the Saints. And he will be going to New England for a game like that's the game I want to see as much as any game all year. <laughs> it's like the most fascinating thing possible. You've been and
3: shaken, though, right? You've, you were shaken by that game.
4: I was shaken. I'm shaken on, on both fronts. I don't know what's going on with either of these teams. And that makes sense. If you look at the history of the Patriots. They don't really turn into who they're going to turn into until October, November. But the Saints are very similar. They, they often finish very strong. They start slow. They're trying to figure out their roster. And I haven't figured out anything through these two weeks because both of these teams have struggled in areas you thought they would be good. Number one, the Saints offensive line was a mess last week. A lot of it was communication. Seems like the type of things he could fix. Their tackles are awesome on paper. They shouldn't be this bad, but Jameis is going to be tested. They're going to send a lot of crazy stuff at him to see if they could handle it. He had no chance last week. As, as bad as he was, and he was bad, he had no chance. The Patriots offensive line has been pretty bad. The right tackle's been a disaster. They're starting this guy, Yasir Durant, who they picked up a couple weeks ago. Trent Brown might be back for this game. That helps, but Isaiah Wynn hasn't played well. They've getting up, given up pressure in the middle. It hasn't been good. Mac Jones didn't play well last week, I think, because he was trying to get rid of the ball too quick. His version of Zach Wilson having a rookie freakout moment is just dumping off four-yard passes like after one and a half seconds and not looking for open receivers. Like I'd rather okay. that type of freak out, but that was his type of freak out. And that could absolutely happen again against a very creative saints uh, defense. Who's getting healthier. They're going to get Lattimore back their best player on defense. Uh, CD deuce back. Who's inc- extraordinarily underrated that that changes their secondary and there'll be a better defense this week.
3: Uh, the Mac Jones thing. Okay. I could see your perspective on that. I, you know, I thought, Watching it live last Sunday, uh, and I got to be, that's a game I don't go back to. If you're a Jets fan, it's and, a bury the and ball Your entire future is tied into this kid, and he throws four picks in three and a half quarters. You're not going back to the game. But I thought it was a conservative game plan. Uh, by the Pats, or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was conservative play by the quarterback. That's but... what he
4: said. He said he missed a lot, and, it the, wasn't... and the tape kind of shows that.
3: But honestly, unless you're like the goal here is to absolutely blow the doors off the opponent, which I guess it always is, that was fine because if the other quarterback is imploding and giving you the game, you don't need to get too cute. Just take the 26-6 win and, and get to the next week. Uh, I guess the thing to keep your eye out on with the Pats is if is if this becomes what their offense is where they're just super conservative. And it's uh, in part because of uh, the quarterback's decision-making, or maybe McDaniels isn't ready to really turn the reins over to the kid yet. We're going to see that in the coming weeks. And I guess this will be a a, a good game and a good test. Uh, But also at the same time, if the saints, Put some points on the board. What is going on? We know the James Winston issue, but Al- Alvin Kamara now through two games. And I know last week got away from them, but I don't care if, if, if the game's getting away from you and you fall behind. Find a way to get the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands. And he has 121 scrimmage yards through two games. Hmm. That's the few he seasons, great since one. he's been a rookie.
4: Here's but, the thing, though, when you play a team like the Patriots, Belichick trying to shut down your number one weapon, it's going to be Kamara. The, the limitations of what Sean Payton did this offseason in terms of not adding receivers allows defensive coordinators to get really creative. You can blitz like crazy because you can kind of trust the Patriots to guard Marquise Callaway. And uh, little Jordan Humphrey and Deontay Harris one on one, so you can get creative up front, or you can you can do anything you can to stop Camara. Say okay, go beat us, because you're kind of afraid. Like as conservative as the Patriots have been, the Saints have been more so. Jameis Winston's thrown like 20, 20 passes each week. That's uh, mm-hmm. a bad. It's a bad situation. Um, all right, let's... James White is back though. That is one thing I want to say. The old vintage James White is back. Uh he had some juice last week and that will really help they have an odd, uh, their best players are at running He's back. gonna have
5: a monster game. Harris this week. And,
4: and White are their two best players offensively. Where are we at Damian Harris health wise? I know he's he's fine. Been a little banged up. He's fine. Okay. He's playing through it. He looked good last week. The line's gotta be better. I don't understand why their line is struggling so much, but it is.
3: Ricky, I figured out but I actually thought about this um with your locks because you took a L last week yep. with the Eagles. Sure did. Um and because Greg was so hot in the pants about it, let's not give you the week one victory um, either because you were going two. No, let's not do that. Let's double weight this game. Whatever no, you
4: just 0 1. I think she just says one less I, game. I, That's what everybody to be in the same. That doesn't make any sense. Standings. You can't just make up different rules. For, she was what do you mean? she right, was 0 right. 1.
5: All right. All right. Well, listen. Look, I'm okay. still hot in the pants
4: about No, this you're game. not just making up rules where you give double no. then I would do that any week possible. It, it, no, what do you that mean? Easy.
5: Well you can't just do that. You can't but, just but do that. You missed the you missed <laughs> the first right, week. That was it's your suspension. So that it, was your suspension. Make it make it count double. And Sus- since no, you just it's brought not up double. You just brought up the, you know, my L with the Eagles yeah. again. Nick Sirianni at a press conference just Ooh, now wait a second. showed up in a t-shirt that said beat. Dallas for right, his Nick. presser. Okay. So they're mad. Okay. They're coming off a close loss to the 49ers. That was a tough game to get through. And you know what? Me and my new, my podcast partner, Colleen Wolf split ends. The trailer drops Tuesday. Check that out. I'm going to go with the Eagles again. And Whoa. if you're going to put double on it, <laughs> no,
4: I'm not allowing that. You can't why? just, the... that's a significant advantage. You why? would much rather that. What do you mean? If she loses, she's only three, Be- dude. because that would mean she's made two picks and she's two and one instead of one and one. I, how about how double you get if that? I lose?
3: I don't know. No, yeah, it's, we don't need to punish it's you at that extra point. Either. Where whatever anybody no. says, Greg's going to say no. No, so, right.
4: I think anyone that scored over a thirty-nine on the math test would understand how it's unfair. Well,
3: so now you're hitting out at me.
4: Yeah. Well, I'm locking up the Eagles again. I.
5: Well, that was I'm. Is that okay, Greg?
4: That's okay. I picked the because Eagles too. Because we already talked about the we game today. The sh- now it's not. A, she, well, yeah, you should have that. your locks ready. You know, when what other, we talk about the game. So What that, other yeah, uh, arcane true. rules
3: can you like plug you
4: into You should this. have them, You should have them ready.
5: Well, the press conference really just that pushed did it for me. you. It I really picked did. the Eagles.
4: I I like the Eagles. I can't I like wait until
3: Erica finishes ahead of Greg in the standings.
4: She she year. very well might because she's gonna dance on your grave, my friend. It's I I'm I don't I have no confidence whatsoever, but I never did. Uh, in this game. Um, where were we? By the way, the one last quick note yeah. on the Patriots, talk about um, how far you've fallen as a Patriots organization, like how far we are from Drew Brees and Tom Brady playing in this game. Uh, Mark Slareth is the analyst <laughs> for this game. We've had Trent Green back-to-back weeks. That is a sign of where the Patriots mm. have fallen in the power, tough in sitch. the whole situation. That's a tough sitch.
3: Um, all right. Uh, I'm up. All right, let's see. Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> ah. Mm. You can edit, uh, edit this out in post. Definitely not. Uh, Let's go. Ooh, let's go. Colts, Titans. Let's do it. Let's see what's going on over here. Let's see what's going on in the AFC South. My goodness. So we don't have Carson Wentz in this game. Double sprains? We don't think so. We, we don't, don't know for sure. They got old double sprains, Wentz. I was told it certainly looked to me that Aaron Donald sprained both his ankles with that uh, takedown, but then it was clarified that it was only one ankle that got sprained on the takedown. I don't buy it. I don't think they want it out
4: there that uh, their quarterback could sprain both his ankles on one play. On a play that <laughs> he. He kind of, <laughs> you hate to blame a guy for an injury, but that was sort of a, I'm going to fight through the play. Right. Even though Aaron Donald is eating me alive and you protect got yourself. hurt a little more. Like if it was a different quarterback there, they just fall down. They just got to
3: protect yourself. And, you know, you said it, he plays with this frantic energy uh, now, and it's unnerving. As a fan, you're watching it, and I can't even imagine as a Colts fan how you feel. It, it really is unnerving, and he's out of the picture now. So it's going to be Jacob Eason at quarterback.
4: It, they they're trying to or are they being out, weird about it? They're trying to put out through the media that it could possibly be Brett Hundley and Jacob Eason. Ugh. but I feel like but they're it's just, not Carson Wentz. If if Wentz doesn't play, they're trying to have. Their cake. They're trying to eat it. They're trying to (laughs) bake it. They're trying to throw it in your eye. I don't buy that. They're going to use Hunley and Easton. That seems stupid. It's not a good situation. And now I'm already like doubting that I took this game because who wants to watch bad
3: backup quarterbacks? But I am interested in the Titans as a team. I want to see where they are. Uh, The Colts, obviously, they need the win. They win. They lose back to back home games to start their season. The schedule makers hooked them up with back-to-back home games. If you can't win back-to-back home games, you're in deep trouble because you're going to get sent on the road probably against a tough opponent. And that's exactly what happens here with a division rival in the Titans. Now, the question is, how good are the Titans? Uh, because that obviously was a uh, unbelievable comeback um, in that game uh, against the Seahawks in Seattle to be down 30-16 to 16 early in the fourth quarter and then just rip off. Uh, the rest of the points and win 33 30 and Derrick Henry, anybody that was worried about the big dog and the, is the big dog still the big dog? Is it going to, are the carries going to wear him down? And after the last two years, well, maybe, I guess we'll see at the end of the year, what, how it stacks up, but that looked like vintage big dog in that game, uh, especially that 60 yard touchdown um, where he just outran everybody. So you got the big dog. Uh, I do want to see Greg, this passing game, I want to see more play action. I want to see kind of the old Arthur Smith offense more uh, in in effect with the passing game. Uh, but in in general, the arrows up after that comeback. Now can they start stacking some wins?
4: I mean, you better against uh, Hunley and Eason. It's going to be really
3: bad if you lose a home game. You got it.
4: This game is lockable, yeah. by the way.
3: Okay, I will. Lock, I will lock it up. You will. Yeah, I got it right here. Oh my gosh! I was it's think- not even on the borderline. People are not. The people in the desert are not thrilled with this Colts team.
4: Excuse me, with this Titans team. Titan I think I'll go with you because when you got the opportunity to go East something, you take it. Although this is a bad sign, I, I've switched my lock mid-show two straight shows for, away from wins to yeah, losses. You don't want to do that. So I uh, the desert has this at five, which surprises me. Quite so, frankly, thought it'd be higher. Part of that is that the you know the Colts were competitive last week. In the history, but that's surprising. That seems to be holding out some hope for Carson Wentz. Derrick Henry's coming off 41 touches, most of his career. Will he be a little tired after that? That could be a problem. But the the play action was was back. I mean, Tannehill, the play action god, was back. I did the numbers. He was nine of twelve on play action last week for 160. I didn't do him. PFF does him, but then I mm, take him and then okay. I take the credit. Uh, in the three incompletions were drops and. He's good, still got that deep ball. I feel like this Titans season is just kind of be a test of like how far can four guys carry the rest of the roster? Because I'm not really right. sure how good the rest of the roster is. But I my pan, my worry about Julio was overblown. Um, my worry about this Titans defense is not wrote the offensive line. That's a problem. I don't think they played that well, but they did put up 531 yards ultimately against the against the Seahawks. I am more concerned though. The Colts can't run them. The goal line, they've had struggles running, and their defense, who's known to like not give up big plays, is giving up a ton of big plays. Not, not, a, not a fan. Hey, Graver, early, early, Grave digger. What's up,
3: um, Titans fan? You got your own Titans podcast titled,
4: titled the Music City Audible. Okay. Greg, we took your advice. We moved to Wednesdays look That's at that nice see sometimes it's like oh you're being too like uh, you have too many uh, bosses. it's just opinions. the way it's, it's just, just the like, way you
3: say things sometimes yeah you know, it's like good to way. get advice but it's good advice on the surface for sure and, and good good <laughs> what do you think about the titans uh, how are you feeling right now compared to last week obviously a lot better uh this is this a slaughter situation or do you think this is going to be closer because i think the reason the desert is not the way you might expect is because people put a lot into the wounded animal game and thinking the Colts with a good coaching staff. And they play
4: the Titans well, yeah. Yeah, the the Colts always play the Titans well. I feel like division games are always kind of weird, and the Titans traveled pretty far last week. That big comeback win, sometimes you have a little letdown type of game after that. So I feel like the Titans should win, but I don't expect them to dominate, actually. I feel like. Frank Greg is a good coach. He's going to have that team ready with a full week to prepare for whoever his quarterback is. That's fine if Jacob Beeson can play. And they scheme up open throws. Wentz has actually, I think, played fairly well the last couple of weeks, despite, you know, kind of the tone we've had around him. So, the, you know, receivers will be open, but I don't know. All right. Uh,
3: let's move on, Greg. You're up. Thank you, Gravedigger.
4: Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Cincinnati Pittsburgh. Oh! There it is. <laughs> this was the game um, I was going to lock up for the Steelers. There's so many injury situations uh, hanging out there right now that you, you, I'd love to know if TJ Watt's playing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know if Ben Rothersberger's playing, but I'm pretty much assuming no, that that he is. Uh, Deontay Johnson sounds like he is probably out for this game. Devin Bush is probably back in for this game. Hmm. Joe Hayden, I don't know about. Uh, uh, Alex Highsmith, I don't know about. When we look at the Steelers struggling last week, I think it got a little lost in the TJ Watt injury that, oh, by the way, they're missing like five of their best defensive players. Stefan Tuitz on IR. Hayden's easily the best cornerback in a rough secondary. Highsmith is, you know, basically a starter in terms of their pass rush and Bush is their best, you know, inside middle linebacker type off ball linebacker type. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be put into context. It sounds like most of those guys will be back this week, including Watt. I think this defense, if they have their guys is going to be enough, because I have a lot of concerns about Joe Burrow right now. I am curious, uh, like, what are your Joe Burrow feelings after a couple of weeks?
3: Uh, I'm worried. I'm worried that they have not fixed the pass of uh, the uh, pass protection and it's going to get him killed. And it's, it's something we all talked about entering the season and you saw it again uh, in week two, he took a lot of hits, uh, was sacked a bunch, was hit a bunch more. And um, I think the problem with Burrow, I think is if you continue to have issues protecting him, he's going to, it's going to affect his maturation as a quarterback and he's going to develop bad habits and the turnovers are going to stack now. He did throw the three turnovers um, or the three interceptions on three consecutive passes, but that's not who he's been in his career. Not in college, not to this point in the NFL. So I'm not like I'm not worried about all of a sudden an avalanche of game changing uh, negative plays with him. Uh, but at the same time, it is it is on my radar that they are not protecting him, and that led to um, a, a functional breakdown in their offense in the second half.
4: I, I think a lot of it's on Burrow though. I mean, yes, the offensive line hasn't been great, but it was one of the reasons why I was worried about him going into this year is so much of his game is escaping the pocket and creativity and kind of making plays up as he goes along. And I think he's a little gun-shy right now to do that. Mm. that sometime, he's sort of the opposite of Carson Wentz. He, he's taking those sacks. He's going down, and he should to protect himself, but he's going to have to f- come up with some sort of balance where he tries to make some more plays. He took a couple of sacks where I felt like last year. There's no question he would have tried to escape and make a play. And they're actually the number two team in running the ball in game neutral situations, which is kind of a weird stat. But basically, if, if if the game's not a blowout in one way or another, how much are you running it? And they're number two behind the Ravens. So I feel like they're trying to protect Joe Burrow as much as they can. And that it's a hard way to win that way, like these low scoring type of games.
3: And there were some you know, rumbles or murmurs out of Cincinnati. Jamar Chase lamenting uh, not enough deep shots against the Bears. Um, Callahan, Brian Callahan. Does anybody know that the offensive coordinator of the of the Bengals is Brian Callahan?
4: I think Zach Taylor's calling the plays, though. But
3: uh, He said, I understand the frustration.
4: It is Brian uh, Callahan.
3: Yeah, the structure of that defense. Generally, that's Vic Fangio's system is to limit big plays. So they were saying, listen, the reason why we didn't push the ball downfield in that game was because that's what Fangio does. He wants to keep everything in front of you. We'll see. This will be a good test. The Steelers' defense is
4: good. I think this could be a low scoring game here.
3: And I'll tell you, the Steelers, I'm a little worried about the Steelers. I think if the defense can stay together physically, uh, they're going to stay in a lot of games and be a team that's on the uh, making a playoff push. But this Big Ben
4: offense, I don't know, man. They tried throwing it deep last week a ton eight times. Did not, did not work. I think they'll bounce back. All right. Uh, let's take a break, and, <laughs> and
3: then we'll be back with the next pick.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...
3: All right, I am up. I will do 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 do. do, 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 do. I will take Jets at Broncos. Two things here. Watch What did you think about Zach Wilson? What what did you take out of that game?
4: That the Patriots made a couple amazing interceptions. Two of those first three were incredible defensive plays that I think got, you know, a little too blamed on Zach Wilson just because like those are incredible play- plays by like a veteran secondary. But after that, that he kind of fritzed out that he just started throwing some right. things up. He had a couple of really nice throws in the fourth quarter, um, but that they they're setting coverages at him that are slowing his mental process down. And, and he just started throwing it up. Now, That's a bad
3: sign. My concern is if the schedule gods of any gods of any kind were cool to the Jets. Uh, they would get a nice little they'd get the Jags this week, or maybe they would get the Falcons, who they get in London. We're gonna be there to see that game. Said you get the Broncos in Denver, who just chopped up and spit out Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. So my my concern here is that this is gonna snowball a little bit. Um and uh I just hope if he does end up taking another um, you know, he gets humbled once again here. And hopefully it's not in the meltdown that we saw with the Patriots, where he ended up with four turnovers by Midway through the third quarter. Hopefully it's not that type of situation, but even if this ends up being another game where they don't score more than, you know, 10, 20 points, um, I just hope it's not something that sets them back for a whole season. So they need to, they need to do the things that they can do to help them, the jets, which they did against the Patriots. They protected they protected them better. They gave them a running game. Uh, they on the defensive side of the ball, they got the ball back to him repeatedly and gave him a chance uh, to fix his day. It just wasn't going to happen. So the Jets, I thought it got lost in, in the shuffle a little bit and all the other power rankings out there. It's like, oh, bury the Jets last in the league and all this <laughs> stuff. It's like, well, if you watch the game, it was Zach Wilson who wasn't competitive in week two. They and didn't that's important. Like,
4: they didn't look like two teams that were like one team was better than the other.
3: Right. So the Jets need to take that effort as a team to Denver. And then Zach Wilson needs to be better. And then the Broncos side of things. Um, I think this is just going to be fun to watch if they're going to really set themselves up well here. If they can start their season, get off to a three and O start, you know who knows. We just talked about the Chargers, Greg. You love you love the Broncos so much that you think they could be a twelve or thirteen win team. Well, if that's who they are, and and we're, they're going to get, they're going to get to three and O here most likely. <laughs> Uh, Maybe the Chiefs are going to slip up enough like they did in week two where this turns
4: into a division race. I like uh, the problem is like every time I say a number like that, it goes up one every time. Like, I think it started at eleven, ten 10 to 11. Then it was like 11 to 12. Now it's 12 to 13. It's like, I appreciated you calling me out when I said the Texans were like the best team in the league. through six. I just get it. It's because of my. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, it's because I'm excited about them. 12 wins, I think, is a realistic goal with this defense. 12 Vic, and five. Vic Fongi forces quarterbacks into holding the ball that extra half second and and forcing them to overthink you saw it with Lawrence you saw it against Daniel Jones you'll probably see it. I am disappointed in the lack of advantages it seems like the offense is giving Zach Wilson there was a lot of excitement about this offense and the coaching staff on both sides of the ball, I think if you look at the defense right now, they're coaching up that defense. They're frisky. The Broncos are 10.5-point favorites in this game. To me, that's too much because I think the Jets' defense is too frisky uh, to just give away that many points against it. I mean, they're playing guys that were cut from other rosters as starters and they're playing pretty well, like Colbert from the Patriots. I was like, Oh wait, he's a starter for the jets. I didn't realize Mm. that. Like he was on the Patriots two weeks ago. Quincy Wilson's a bust in Jacksonville just got cut a few weeks ago. He's starting for the jets. And yet they look pretty good. They're good up front. I don't think the Broncos are going to score a ton of points, even in these great matchups the last two weeks, they've still been kept in like the upper mid twenties. Uh, So I could see this being a little nerve wracking for Broncos fans. Uh, But you just have to trust the Fangio defense to to shut them down. The Jets have 20 points through two weeks.
3: I like the Broncos here, obviously, but I think this is if you're a Jets fan, again, and it's all incremental progress. You don't need to have a winning season, but you want to make sure there's development happening. Sala seems to be developing the defense through two weeks. Let's see if Wilson can bounce back. And Jameson Crowder, by the way, did not practice again today. It's and they took like, the Pats, me.
4: the Pats whole thing. You know, it's like me. when you're the, playing the Jets, you're like, okay, let's take away their biggest weapon. You're like, what is it? It was Corey Davis. Yep. And without Corey Davis, they don't have enough um, that's helping Zach Wilson. So if the Broncos, who have great cornerbacks, Sertan had a great first start as a rookie. Uh, if they can take away Corey Davis, there's not a lot there. And listen, we all like Braxton Berrios, but he is not Jameson Crowder. Why is he their lead? It's a That's yeah. one of those things where it's a bad sign for your team when Braxton Berrios is right. your
3: leading receiver. You need Crowder in there. He's a great security blanket for a young quarterback. And where's Elijah Moore? Start making some plays. I know he, he, he got on the stat sheet. I, and Denzel Mims, I guess he's just not on the team really anymore. He was deactivated in week two. <laughs> that's a bad look for the entire organization. And Joe Douglas, let's go Jets. Clean it up. Greg, you're up.
4: All right. I'm just going to go the next best game on the board. I think is Minnesota, Seattle. Uh, we mentioned at the top, how the Vikings are. That's a good one. Like most. 0 and two teams. Yeah. It's going to get drowned out by the Rams bucks also yeah. at 425, but this Vikings team, they could be two and out. They probably should be one and one in some way, but instead they're Oh, and two, it makes it a classic cornered animal game. And I like what I saw to their offense last week. How could you not, not just, the Kubiak running game, which is now entering year two. You expect it to really like ramp up, man. It was cohesive. They freaking destroyed Chandler Jones and JJ Watt and, and Zayvon Collins and Sim. I mean, they destroyed them on the ground last week. It wasn't all just Dalvin cook making plays that, that intrigues me against Seattle. KJ Osborne. You were wondering where's the third receiver to step up. KJ Osborne is your number one receiver. In Minnesota, in terms of yardage, he looked pretty good for yeah. two weeks. So it's a good offensive team. And I'm not sure what the Seahawks are, but I don't think they're a good defense. I think they're mediocre. So to me, it's a coin flip game, but I give the Vikings a pretty good chance at home.
3: It's so and football is crazy with this because the, the line between 0-2 and 2-0 and, 2 and 0 is so thin. And the Vikings just if they just execute a little bit better at the end of those first two games, They're in a great position and the, you know, everyone's thinking, Oh, the Vikings are back. They're ready to make a playoff run. Instead their seasons online, uh, in, in week three. Um, so you got to bounce back. You got to find a way. This is, you gotta, you gotta figure it out and find (laughs) a way. I, I, I think
4: Russell Wilson's owned them for what it's worth. I never put much stock into this, but he is seven and zero against the Vikings. And you don't
3: like if you're a Vikings fan, you don't like that. The Seahawks blew that game in week two now, because now the Seahawks also are extra motivated to bury uh, demons from week two. You you want them to, to find a way to beat the Titans and then go there fat on the hog and get slaughtered. It's worth noting Minnesota's uh,
4: home opener. I mean, they were on the road twice. I give a little bit of a little bit of lead. They're not to a bad that. team, obviously. Right. And the the uh the Seahawks defense, their best player is Adams Wagner. They played eighty-eight snaps last week. That that's a lot of football. You gotta travel on the road. And the Seahawks offensive line is a little on my radar. Haven't haven't been able to get a running game going. And Wilson again has one of the highest sack rates in the league. So it's kind of like a little bit of feeling of the same old Seahawks here. Yeah.
3: I think the you're gonna see some big plays, and Tyler Lockett is you know, he's another guy that looks like an all-pro They're going to This game's this in
4: the 30s. The cornerbacks are yep. so attackable on, on both sides.
3: Kirk Cousins has been real good through two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and which isn't always a popular thing to say, because nobody likes Kirk Cousins.
4: <laughs> no, he's been
3: great. <laughs> Personally, professionally, otherwise, I'm sure his family loves him, and that's the most important thing. Um, uh, that's a good game. And I think it's a total coin flip game, and I think the Vikings find a way.
4: That's what I took, too.
3: Let's, uh, let's go through the rest of these games now. now we have our drafts. Set up here. Uh, Falcons at Giants. All right. So, yikes. All right. Kenny Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma on the call. By the way, Mark Sanchez.
4: Love Vilma. Uh, I love that crew. Give me that crew instead of Schlereth. I'm sorry. What about about Kevin Kugler
3: and Mark Sanchez on the Seahawks-Vikings call? How's Sanchez been so far
4: to you? You know, we're all in the same business here. They're learning. <laughs> oh, you
3: see, you were talking about me with like pregnant pauses showing like a level of advancement. You being in a place now I was like, well, you know, Mark Stoon is best. We're all out I of
4: haven't, here. I haven't, enjoyed, away. I haven't enjoyed those broadcasts yet. No.
3: I like the old Greg who's just like slinging arrows I just, everywhere. I just
4: hammered Schlereth. He's got
3: the crossbow.
4: <laughs> 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 just taking out everybody in the industry. Where's that guy? bring him back i mean the best analysis sanchez had was about how awkward it would be for jimmy g to be hugging that would maybe that wasn't his game but just he was talking about that Mm -hmm. it's like okay he's been there he's been there in those situations
3: um (laughs) all right falcons giants this is (laughs) when you got two wounded animals it's gonna be bloody it's gonna be gross (laughs) And somebody's going to end up dead. Uh, so that's that's the Kenny Albert, the Vilma game. It's at the Meadowlands. Uh, I really liked. We haven't talked about this game, beca- uh, the Giants, because uh, it was the Thursday night game last week. I re- I mean, listen, they found a way to lose that game against Washington. I love the way Daniel Jones played in that game, and I'm not going to put too much into it because that's the whole Daniel Jones experience. Uh, but. It would it surprise me if he stacks up two really impressive games back to back here, and people start buzzing a little bit as we enter Week Four. Hey, is this the Daniel Jones season finally, where he fulfills the promise? That's what I think is going to be a
4: conversation on Monday after the Falcons get their ass beat. Ooh, lock that up then. Uh, the uh, I agree with you. I do like the Giants in this game. They've lost two offensive linemen for the season already. That is that a bad thing? I don't. Even, I mean, it can't be the good. They're lined. Lemieux was one of them, was Shane Lemieux, and Nick Gates was another. I don't know. They're starting guys who just joined the team a couple weeks ago. That's not great, but I'm with you. I loved what I saw out of Daniel Jones, and I love what I saw out of Jason Garrett for 58 minutes. It was a creative, aggressive game plan that took advantage of Daniel Jones' leg. Not everybody liked his game plan. No, I get it. It was great, but I think everyone did until... They got the ball with three minutes left, I'll and then he turned back. Then he talked into Jason. He, well, yeah. that was the moment where I lost him, yeah. where, where he just he turned back into Jason Garrett and yeah. got very conservative with the game on the line when all it really took was one throw to win the game. And then you go, Jason Garrett, run, run, pass, and it fell apart. But you got to win this game. It's Eli Manning retirement jersey game. You can't oh, lose this game, Daniel Mr. Jones. Mr. Giant. You can't lose this game. You you did the ping-pong and the you know the the beer pong and hack and sack <laughs> with Eli. He's your mentor. Do it. Wait, who did? Remember rookie year they would show those <laughs> they would show those like oh, clips uh, yeah. those pictures of Daniel Jones and Eli Manning like in in uh hack and sack That's right. drinking beer and they're like, see they are bros. Uh Matt Ryan is is last in the league in average depth of target. I know one, you love a dot. He has thrown he, in, th- in two weeks. He's thrown three passes over 20 yards and hasn't completed any of them. He threw one pass
3: um, <laughs> early in the game in week two that just hung up. Yep. And he had a, his receiver had a step. I don't know if it was Ridley. Um, and it just made you think, oh, OK, so we got something going on here. I think my prediction, Leonard Williams has a big game. And you're going to see a lot of Matt Ryan, the the above the, the shot on the wire of him flat on his stomach from week one. We're going to see that again at MetLife Stadium. Mm. Uh, up next, Bears at Browns. Uh, OK, so Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. Andy Dalton's knee injury is not an ACL tear, but it's jacked up enough where Justin Fields is starting, but not. But the belief in Andy Dalton hasn't changed to the point where they're saying this is now Justin Fields' team. They're still letting it out there. It's Andy Dalton's job until we decide it's Justin Fields' job. But that also ultimately doesn't matter, Greg, because if Justin Fields plays well in Cleveland this week, it's done.
4: It's done. They're just saying this. I mean, I guess he's leaving out some room if Justin Fields was so bad and Andy Dalton gets quickly healthy then you could change it. But that's what they said about Tony Romo and Dak Prescott back in the day. And that was Tony Romo, who was like a great quarterback who was their starter for eight or nine years. Well, it's his job when healthy. Well, then he's not going to be healthy or they're just going to have to admit it was a lie. I want to see Justin Fields move the ball a little better. I know Alan Robinson dropped a touchdown pass, but it's got to be said. Don't they, look better. They won that game because Andy Dalton had the best two drives of the game. He was the
3: best quarterback on the Bears in that game. They both played. So like, yeah. That matters. Matters a little. Well, it matters in the sense of like people just blindly saying, screw Andy Dalton, put in Justin Fields. Well, they both played in a game that mattered and one looked better than the other. But that the, doesn't matter anymore in the sense that there's only one quarterback left to
4: play. Well, so. I, I think they're so freaked out about their offensive line that everything is short, short, short. And Dalton can do that. There's only one, they, The Bears have one play over 17 yards this season. And uh, this is a test for the Browns who their defense rebuilt my defense. Radar a little bit. Just hasn't looked any better this year. The secondary, the imported Rams, Troy Hill and John Johnson are off to slow starts. Clowney and Garrett, I think, are off to slow starts. So it hasn't come together. This is a game, and I know you don't know what's going to happen with fields. It's like, put a bang thing on them. Cover cover those seven or ten points. I don't even know what it is. Right. But I'm ta- I'm liking the Browns. I think they will. I think they will. You think this is, we're going to bang town on this game? <laughs> yeah, it's only seven. So that's weird to me that the, it's a smaller number by far than Houston. To to me, Houston has looked like a better team than Chicago. Uh, and I, I know Chicago won that game last week and they look good on defense. I'm not it's not like they're going to slow down the Browns. They're just not. So it's going to be 30. Can Justin Fields? keep up with a team that scores 30. I just don't think so.
3: Yeah. I'm nervous a little bit of them, the Browns, because uh, you probably have a good chance of getting beat last week. If you're the other quarterback, Tyrod Taylor is a his hamstring. Um, We'll see how Justin Fields looks. If Justin Fields looks good in the first quarter and they start to get a little juice and excitement, this could be a really tough game for the Browns. It helps that they're home. All right. Ravens at lions. Uh, This is nice spot for the Ravens here. You have that emotional win on Sunday night. And now you get the lions who are showing Greg through two weeks. They're going to play hard, but they're just going to get overwhelmed as long as you, you know, put your will upon
4: them. Right. I was kind of thinking like, what would the reaction be if Matt Patricia had these exact two straight games? No one would be saying, well, they're playing hard. Right. They would just be like Matt Patricia blows, right. this defense blows. And this lions defense is a problem. They it, it didn't look very good on paper. And they they look like they're gonna be one of the worst defense in the league that's asking Goff to keep up with that. It's it's gonna be tough. But as we tape this, Lamar Jackson missed practice Thursday for mysterious reasons. He did he did he oh, was no. there for a walk three no, oh. he was there for a walkthrough on Wednesday and said his hip was kinda sore and wasn't there Thursday. And they're they as we're taping this, they haven't said why. Greg,
5: if I can jump if I can yeah. jump off if I on may. that. Yes, if I may. So a couple <laughs> like two hours ago, Schefter said that he wasn't at practice because yesterday his hip was sore from his T D um Not flip? The flip. Yes. Oh, but geez. but Dan. Yes. But Dan, so then now it's coming out that it's a non COVID illness. Okay. And he has a bit of a stomach bug. So you remember that game where he ran oh, yeah, he into the locker room? So, yeah, Twitter is a, is a wasteland Another, garbage fire uh, right to go
4: take that right grumper now. against the Browns.
5: Yeah, so <laughs> they're thinking that he should be fine for, for Sunday, depending on this okay. stomach That's good bug. to know.
4: If ever there was like a hangover type of game, and I'm sure that's not why he's out uh, hangover. You're uh, saying he has a hangover? No. Uh, wouldn't this be it? They kind of slay the dragon. Uh, you're going to Detroit. Not saying they would lose, but that it might be uncomfortable. Because I'm not convinced this Ravens team is going to be great. I know they put together a great performance. Oh, come on. The running game was, wow. People get on Greg Roman. But, oh, my God. I I rewatched. The, I watched this thing, and, like, they were doing things I'd never seen before. It was confusing. It was blowing my brain, the type of motions and the way they're using their tight ends and fullback. It was a lot that they threw out. And the, a lot of that's Lamar, too. <laughs> He changes so much. Well, of course. Yeah. He changes, not
3: just him I'm saying, but just what he does with an offense and how defenses have to account for where he is. And all of a sudden you stick it in somebody else's gut and they're all looking at Lamar. Like he, that's why I right. think and he's then, such you a had secret the, like weapon.
4: Motion guys going one way. And like, man, they were like a half, a two seconds late on so many of those runs. And Tyson Williams is a player. I love that way that he runs. He he's, I would take him over Gus Edwards just as a pure runner. And I don't know if they're missing that much. Too soon. I'm not in the, he. Oh, I don't need. I, with running backs, you know, he can run. Maybe he can't no, I mean, pass protection. Just like. Oh, bury Gus Edwards. Yeah, bury Gus. He's I didn't bury J.K. Dobbins or right anything. By the way, uh, the the Lions are burying J- Jamie Collins. They said they're trading him. He's no longer showing up to practice. I'm only mentioning this because like when Jamin collins quits on you i mean he really quits on you (laughs) this is three teams i don't want to personally attack the guy but it is three teams where the team has kind of been like oh we're gonna get rid of this guy like now because something ain't right and uh the you know there were some questionable efforts when he was on the field in week one
3: i want to hey breakout player it's happening hollywood brown Looks good. It, he is, and he's building off to the end of the last season. He really has looked very good, and that's what they need desperately. They Sammy Watkins, I think, has given them what they've wanted so far, and Rashad Bateman, when he gets back from the core muscle surgery, that's, you know, you hope he's going to be able to have an impact this season. He's really behind now. But I really think Brown, this could be the season. He is a first-round pick uh, back in 2019. I think this could be like the 1,200-yard, eight-touchdown season the Ravens thought they were getting because uh, they seem to have some real chemistry.
0: Irish Spring Body Wash
2: and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well.
6: Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's kni for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's kni
3: Up next, Cardinals at Jags. first let's start with urban meyer greg you've been down in urban meyer <laughs> since he took the job i don't know what it's about but you're hardly alone and a lot of people thought oh would he be able to be dominant in the college game or in the pro game like he was in college is he prepared to understand it's such a different uh landscape well here's a little uh snippet from inside the nfl remember inside the nfl it's still here uh of uh urban meyer speaking with vic fangio ahead of a week two matchup
2: A lot of
8: good players in this league, man. Yeah, there are.
2: It's Alabama every week.
4: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Vic's like, yeah, yeah, dude. It is different. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean people are killing Urban Meyer for this like but he's just saying every team is great I don't think he's saying like every team is so good well he's also they don't know destroy each other because yeah.
3: Vic Vic mentioned this in his presser too Yes, and they don't know each other so like you don't think because they're pro you know coaches and everything and it's a different world it's the same as like if you were at the water cooler with uh, Joe Blow after the show and you didn't know what to say and you just said hey man <laughs> This new office is real nice, huh? Like, that's what that's Urban Meyer's version of small talk. Hey, man,
4: college was easy. Pro's hard. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh And he was on my radar from the beginning because I uh, it just feels like there's a level of um confidence, I guess would be the <laughs> nice way to put it. In these college coaches who Cockiness. are like imperial warlords over, you know, their entire fiefdom. Right. It's the media, it's the players, it's being the highest paid, like public employee in the state. And, and the fact that Urban Meyer also had all these Fox guys and some NFL network guys too, who have worked with them who are like in, in the stadium. And it's like, yeah. all right, let's see how it goes. Like, is, you know, you had these great players. We know you can recruit, you know, we did some creative things offensively at, at, uh, in college at Utah and, and certainly Florida and beyond. But it's like, Okay, let's see how it goes, and it's not going
3: well. It's not going. the The offense has been it's been rough, and uh, they had 189 yards total against Denver. And again, that's a very good Broncos defense. But even last year's team that went one and 15 cleared that bar every week. And uh, Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence, had 73 of his 118 passing yards on the first drive. You don't they want went up seven nothing.
4: They don't want it to ruin them. They're so pass happy. They're kind of the opposite of the Bengals. I know they have been behind in these games, but even early, the first drives, like they are just letting him throw the ball. He he looks like he's like really inaccurate, but I think it's just he's late. I hope. Yeah, that, that's what they've been saying, that he's just that he's just yeah. like kind of slow to see things. And so the ball gets there and the receiver is no longer in the place that he was supposed I mean, to he's be. Gonna be. All right. I think he'll be fine. But their defense is a mess. And I look at the things you worry about is when players that were good before aren't really that good now and miles jack has been a little bit lost in this defense getting picked on uh cj henderson i guess hasn't done much in the past but he's been lost the the defense being this bad is a is a bigger surprise and oh by the way you got you know comfortable kyler murray coming in there comfortable comfy kyle he just looks so at home in this system that's the benefit of keeping the same coordinator you know we get on franchises for changing out coordinators, whether you like Cliff or not, like Kyler knows this offense. He knows where everyone's supposed to be.
3: Um, New Hopkins did not practice Thursday, didn't practice Wednesday. Mm. Uh, Keep an eye on Friday. We're recording this on Thursday, Uh, but you do take some solace if you're a Cards fan, knowing that Rondell Moore is developing at a high rate, Uh, seven of eight targets for 114 and a touch against the Vikings. If he's still on your waiver wire in fantasy, go get him. That's my little tip for you fantasy heads out there. Let's move on. The Washington football team at Buffalo Bills. Uh,
4: What do you think here? I think that the Bills' defense is a problem. That if the Bills' defense, in a good way for the rest of the league, if the Bills. Wait, no, it's a good thing. For the Bills, it's bad for the rest rest of the league. league. It's a problem. The defense is playing well. It's a problem (laughs) for the AFC East. It's a problem for the AFC. If they're this good man, it just gives them such a mar- margin for error. And we're seeing that so far with Josh Allen and the offense not quite quite being there. But people kind of forget how good this Bill's offense has been at various points, and, and Matt Milano is leading the way. I don't know if you have this experience, Dan. Um, when players that Wes really loved are, like, popping on Game Pass. Mm. I had that with Kareem Jackson last He's week. He's in the room with you. I just You just think about him. You think, and cause he was so early on Milano and he was so right. He kind of makes their defense and maybe Wes could see it all back then. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, but I feel like he's playing at a level now that is just mind blowing. That is like Navarro Bowman in his prime, mm. like changing the game, like all pro, whatever you want to say, it's, it's two games, but he has really stood out to me and their defense to me is just going to be too good. For Tyler Heineke. I mean, what they did to the Dolphins
3: was that was that was borderline cruel. And the Dolphins <laughs> building their home opener first time in front of fans in two years uh, to absolutely just steal, just steal their will with by the second series. And and by the way, and we're going to get to the Dolphins next. Um, that's a broken rib for two and now who's out of the picture. That's, that's what the Bills, they can bully you. Uh, with that front seven. And now if you get the offense figured out, if they get airborne on offense and get to the level they were last year, that this is the team we've all talked about in the offseason. This is a Super Bowl level team. How right. can the offense get there? We'll see.
4: And this might be a good matchup to do it. The Washington defense has been so disappointing through two weeks. Come on, young and sweaty. I can't get a
3: nickname (laughs) off the damn ground if you're not going to take the next step
4: as professionals. You know what? uh, Sweat was pretty good in that game, actually. I don't want pretty good. I want dominance. They haven't dominated, but it feels like the rest of the defense is an even bigger problem. Like the secondary, the linebacker group, this. On paper, I think is a pretty good spot for Josh Allen to get right. Josh Allen is absolutely not shooting straight through two weeks. I don't. You said should we panic after one week? I was like, nah. Now that it's been two weeks, I'm like, okay, let's keep an it's eye concern, on this third week. I don't think he he played about as bad as you can to win thirty five nothing. He had some great plays in that game, but he missed a lot of. They throws. disappeared. Completely they could have won offense. that game fifty six to nothing. Right.
3: For the, for throughout after they had an early uh, touchdown. That offense just disappeared uh, for a long stretch there, and the defense just carried the day. By the way, last thing, because uh, we've got to get out of here in a few minutes, but the Washington football team, uh, if there isn't a questionable hold that wipes out a Daniel Jones' 58-yard touchdown run, if Darius Slayton can make a football play in a big spot on an end zone drop when there is no Washington defender within 20 yards, you're looking at a monster Daniel Jones game on your team, uh, the Washington defense mm. that's supposed to be, one of the best in the league. So they got lucky on so many levels to win 3029 in that game. It could have been a totally different game if the Giants just executed and got some, um, if a flag gets picked up. Finally, Dolphins at Raiders. Yes, Tua. And you kind of felt this happening. You felt it trending this direction uh, all week that, okay, they said he just got banged up and he's going to be okay. But no, uh, he's got fractured ribs so he got hit three times hard in I think seven plays against the bills. And now he's on the shelf and you have, you're asking questions about his future, not just because he didn't look so hot in week one. Uh, and as a rookie now he's hurt again. And that puts you in a situation. There's no Ryan Fitz- Fitzpatrick. It's Jacoby Brissett going to Vegas. And this sets up really well, Greg, uh,
4: for the Raiders to get off to a three and zero start. You, you know, I love me some Jake brisket. Um, we don't have the Jake Brisket, but we do in our hearts. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm hearing it in my head. I hear it as well. He's back in the mix, but him in this offensive line. Ooh, there it
5: is. Slides me off a piece of that Jake Brisket.
4: But we do have it. Gets don't better. shake your head.
5: Well, no, I mean, it's on a
4: totally separate yeah, it's thing. It's not like was, she could uh, just snap no, her. No, no, I knew yeah, that, man. but I just meant like coming I just at some point while we're yeah. having the discussion. And she
3: could have hypothetically in post just dropped it right when you said it. Right, uh, but then since you kind of called the producer out, it <laughs> right. creates this so it issue. Right, so just
5: now I have to yeah. address
4: it. You know what I mean? I mean, slice me off a piece of that. I, I mean, it's uh, all right. It's okay. It Him behind this offensive line it seems like a bad combination, <laughs> don't you think? I mean, Jacoby Brissett is sort of famous for holding the ball more than any quarterback almost in the history of the oh, NFL. How
3: about a Max Max Crosby uh, hat trick, three sacks this week? Right,
4: so that's probably going to happen, and yet I still think they'll be able to move the ball on the. Downs that you can get some protection. Fuller might be back for this game. Waddle is still a player. I think it's the biggest test yet for the Raiders receivers. I'm impressed by Byron Jones this year. Impressed by this Dolphins defense. Don't think they played that bad last week, despite the score. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to find open receivers. You're gonna you can send a lot at Derek Carr. I I don't think this is necessarily like a cakewalk game here for the well the the desert. I mean the game's in the desert. The desert sees this as four points. I took I took the Dolphins to cover. Whoa. I took I took the Raiders to win by a field
3: goal. So you're not in because I have the Raiders at 11 in the power rankings and Raiders Nation. They are coming for me. I mean they are so upset. But I guess me putting them outside the top 10, I'm I'm not totally sold that this is a juggernaut by any stretch yet. So, but if you get beat by the Dolphins or the backup quarterback, if you need a late field goal to get to three and zero. You're probably not a top 10 team.
4: Dolphins are okay. I give the Dolphins. I'm not giving up on the Dolphins for one week, though. And to me, Tua to Jacoby Brissett isn't necessarily a downgrade. And that's a problem. That's a problem. I mean, maybe it is, but not from what we've seen so far. But you're right, because Miami's
3: wounded here. The pride is wounded after last week. They're probably going to come out, and they have a really good head coach. Uh, now I'm starting to come around a little bit. And, I, and they, I, yeah, they, okay, I can see it. This. It is
4: actually a great test, though. I think for where the Raiders are at, because this was the moment last year where you realized it was all falling apart, or that it did officially fall apart. It was the day after Christmas. You gave up that crazy drive to Fitzpatrick. There was a lot of bad luck in that game, but they shouldn't have let them back in. And the Dolphins were just felt like a, like a better coach team. Uh, you know, show me I'm wrong, but Raiders fans, you know, they, they get worked up. But this, these are just the facts. They got some good breaks when they played the Ravens week one with the injury situations happening so late in the week with Villanueva playing the right side, which you can't play, and Stanley, a shell of Stanley on the left side and everything that happened. And they won that game in overtime. Good job. You played the Steelers last week, and they were missing five of their best players. You, again, Derek Carr is balling out through two games has been top five quarterback. But this is another good situation. Backup quarterback. Go take advantage. Go get the three now. Let's see what happens. Let me see.
3: Before we sign off here, I'm just curious what the Raiders have because because the top of the schedule is pretty tough. You would think it might even soften here in October. Let's see, they have at Chargers, home Bears, at Broncos, home Eagles, at Giants. Okay, so not really.
4: It softens up. It's not. It's it you softens up, giant, but that's there's bears. not a lot of
3: gimmies there. All right, good stuff. That's the week three preview. We'll be back on Sunday night podcast style for the flagship show um, Friday. Um, we're recording our TV show, which airs Saturday on NFL network, uh, the around the NFL broadcast where we go around the NFL, all 32 teams. And yes, also that program is now on sky sports. The
4: the critics have, have spoken. spoken. Big hit with the critics. They love this new format. You get all 32 teams, two minutes. When is it? It's at noon on Sky or 2 p.m. It's in the early afternoon. You no, know we need actually, and we're on NFL Network by the way, 7 a.m. Uh, in the morning, East Coast time. So if you're on the West Coast, DVR that. We're also on late night Saturday.
3: Yeah, we get, we're working on that time slot, but we got we have some we got to win battles. We got to win in the ratings war, and I know Andrew Marchand, <laughs> who covers the media for the Post in New York um has been on the show his brother is a listener so hey bro if you can tell andrew to give us a little new york post write-up about our tv show and that we're growing what do you want to go with broadcasting superpower yeah put put it that way to andrew and see if you can get him to nibble
4: yeah i want him to compare us to the ratings of other (laughs) sports shows on at 4 a.m in the west coast like we've got to be We got to be crushing it.
5: Definitely cornering that market (laughs) Um, for sure.
3: That's the time slot you want. All right. Good stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, And yes, we'll be back on podcast side with the flagship show Sunday night. Until then. You know what you got to (laughs) do. Heed the call.